0: Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm Brandon. And today we are here with Ben and Jason from the Threads podcast Life Unfiltered. Ben, Jason, thanks for joining us, guys.
1: Thanks for the opportunity.
2: Yes, thank you so much.
1: This is kind of weird for us because usually we're in your seat and I, we're interviewing the guests.
2: I don't we just got done with the podcast. Legit. I'm not I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> legit. I cried because the lady prayed for us. We're, we're Christians Uh and church has been shitty right now because of COVID. And I don't know. It was amazing. Like literally like five minutes ago, Ben and I were both tearing up. We're like, Holy shit. We (laughs) got to record up on somebody else's podcast. I know. And Ben is, I don't think Ben has ever been on anyone else's podcast. Have you? Yes. Oh, you have who?
1: Eric Zane. Oh, pfft.
2: that one doesn't count. He was a he. We were we were on his show as as a paid sponsor. It's true. That's right. But anyways, I've been on a few shows, uh, but never Ben and I as a duo. So I'm excited
3: for this. But we're awesome. here for the dynamic duo experience. Yes, you got it. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, we've
0: been recently, we've been bringing on some podcasters to, to talk about issues that are important to them, to say what needs saying, to talk about the things that, you know, are often ignored and not talked about. So we, we want to bring this platform to people where people feel comfortable talking about whatever it is that they need to say and not feel afraid of being condemned for their thoughts or their views or what they're deciding to talk about, you know, things like that. And so we get into kind of some of these sensitive subjects and and sore subjects that people don't like talking about.
3: So I want you guys to kind of bring us into speed in regards to what we're going to be focusing on today. Men
1: suck at taking care of their mental health. Mm. They let it slide And they look after their families if they're married or they look after their significant others or whatever the case may be. Men, for whatever reason, by nature, are horrible when it comes to taking care of their mental health. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by mental health? I would say the thoughts that go on in their head about who they are, what their role is in the world, um, their anxiety that they may be carrying around with them perhaps there's even some depression all these things doubts fears anxieties depression we live in a world that's told us that men are just supposed to suck it up and show up and uh make it happen and never deal with that stuff and i'm fed up about it you know yeah.
3: yeah i completely agree i mean there's so many times where at least within my community i hear a lot of people saying you know just people it was like you know you people express their, you know, their perspective as memes now. And I saw one that says uh, a person will say I'm good until they're in a dark place of depression. Like, are you okay? I'm good. Are you okay? Mm. Sure. I'm good. No matter what it is, you know, I've been to funerals where people said, man, you're not supposed to be crying. You're a man. Are you out of your mind? How how am I supposed to do that? What type of hostile, what level of hostility does this Harbor or, you know, what level of detriment comes from harboring this level of emotional, expression is constantly being hindered what's your perspective jason
2: yeah i mean i have to you know i saw brandon real quick and brandon is black and so i know in the black community mental health is worse in the black community so that being said i'm kind of flipping the question on you have you experienced that a little bit remember we're we're fellow podcasters so we're gonna flip it (laughs) have you experienced that kind and do you do you feel like it's like that and in, in the black community
3: i'll i'll give you this i recently because this valentine's day coming up this sunday yep uh, i saw a post that said why are men now and this is from the community so it's you know from uh, other uh, african-americans or other black people they said why are men not trying to say valentine's day is for women and, and i quote that is gay that is specifically for women and that term Alienates any form of feminine actualization or just even you know quote unquote expressing your feminine side or liking flowers or wanting chocolate or wanting yeah. taking care of it, or wanting a gift on a day that expresses love for a couple. It is right. uh chastised to have this. And I'm like, you know, I'm about to get a gift for the first time for my Valentine's Day. I'm like, well shit, should I not? Should I not, not accept this? Should I say I'm a man? You take my money and my flowers. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. And it's there's always the joke to the serious side of it, but it really it's such a pivotal point because it affects how people even correlate love and responsibility to their kids and to their wife and to their spouse and men not even being emotionally available for the things they need to be. You know, do they even get to the point of marriage? Or are they even able to sustain a real relationship with their kids? Or, you know, can fathers really show love to their daughters to show what love should look like? You know what I mean? You
2: well, know? I think I think they can show love to their daughters. I think they struggle showing love to their sons. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Just because, oh, you're a man, you're a boy. You're not supposed to show those feelings. Going back to the gift of Valentine's, I mean, yeah, do I want flowers for my wife? No. <laughs> I'm, I I'm, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is you know you, you you had said like oh this is gay like which is bad to say anyways course, but i wouldn't say th- that i wouldn't be like oh that's weird right but um it wouldn't be like uncomfortable for me
3: no yeah, no i mean i i enjoyed botany for many years so i would i would love a nice you know handful of petunias or chrysanthemums you Dude, may we're know. like
2: we're soul brothers because uh i love flowers like i actually bought a growing kit not for cannabis or uh <laughs> I buy that uh, at the store. Uh, It's legal in Michigan. I don't know where y'all are from, but uh, (laughs) it's way legal in Michigan. But I bought it actually to pre-grow my flowers because I'm obsessed with flowers. Excellent. (laughs) All right, bring us back, Ben. You know I'm going to be rabbit holes. Let's get back to, like, the mental health.
1: Yeah, so going back to the mental health and Valentine's Day, one of the things, Brandon, you were getting at is it's really hard for dudes to be husbands or fathers because they suck at mental health so much and say what needs to be said. If you're not going to take care of your mental health, if you're just too scared or too manly to go there, you're setting yourself up to be the statistic of divorce Um, because you're never going to be able to engage fully in your marriage relationship. If you can't even be comfortable with your own thoughts. And if you bring that into your marriage It's, uh, I think the statistic now is 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I think a big reason why is men just think that they have an out when it comes to the mental health and they don't have to have those conversations. They can just be the provider and go to work and make the money and come home and whatever the hell they want to do, that's what they're going to do. And so I think you're onto something, Brandon, when you were talking about so many men aren't even able to be husbands or fathers because they haven't even given a shit about themselves or their mental health.
3: Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, because because of this concept, okay. So I'm Jamaican. A lot of people would say people from the islands are not able to express their emotion. Granted, you know, it's all, you know, stereotypes and whatnot, but right. even my girlfriend of three years, she said, before we have kids, you're going to therapy. And I was like, wow, well, what do you mean? I'm okay. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I mean, I grant. I know that I, you know, there's things I need to work on, obviously. But, you know, for the in the beginning, my girlfriend would try to be have like a maternal, like my girlfriend's very maternal, mm-hmm. like just in her nature. And I would not, I, I, because of the stuff that I went through. You know, men typically have things that they go through that they don't explain, but they just harbor, it. and no one explain, no one allows them to get, no one gives them the venue to speak on it or teaches them how to speak on it, which is what you were re- referring to, Jason. Um, to express that, and it 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 lingers. So with my girlfriend, she's very maternal. For the first year, I wouldn't respond well to that at all. I'd be like, yo, what are you doing? I don't, what are you, that's too, that's too much. Before her, it was a girl that really appreciated who I was. She would say, I love you all the time, and I would always have to almost sorrowlessly or begrudgingly say listen I, I I feel you but I can't verbally say that. You know what I mean? Right. I can't do I can't be where you are right now. That's because of my shortcomings. Right. And I'm only to say that now because I know those were shortcomings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So what do you feel about therapy? Uh, just as a little behind the curtains for our our show is we we always joke and we haven't done it in a while uh, but we always say we peer pressure people to go to therapy mm. um, and, and in a loving way of course yes. you know peer pressure not legit peer pressure mm. i mean i guess it kind of is i peer pressured ben to go to therapy true. It,
3: Listen, positive peer pressure in my head is good Peer is, is is can be used in peer pressure like i if i peer pressure you into not going out and drinking and driving it's good right peer
2: pressure. that's right. a win yeah. that's yeah. Sure. a win so what
3: you, what you guys are doing are, is a win in in regressive therapy. And I yeah. will second that, and I think
0: I'm back.
2: Hey. Oh. Jack is back. All right.
0: I apologize. Jack. And if I'm out again, then I am sorry, but I trust Brandon wholeheartedly because I've been stuck in the listener position for the past minute or two. <laughs> First off, this will be a good podcast episode. <laughs> I've been <a> listener. <laughs> And I appreciate it. I think, no, you guys have been having, hitting on some really good points. And Brandon, I'm going to let you answer the, the question about therapy. I just wanted to jump in and say, like, I wholeheartedly agree with what you guys were all saying. And I really hope that my Wi-Fi cooperates enough that I can continue participating in it. <laughs> but sorry to jump in, Brandon. Go ahead and, uh, you know, you can go ahead and answer the question he was asking
3: it's all right jason the wi-fi and ben that's wi-fi is just another thing that men use as a scapegoat for emotion anyway 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 <laughs> it was too much it was too much well played oh man. brandon <laughs> coming in hot on the <laughs> <court>. <laughs> okay 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 okay. because i think he's gonna cut this bro okay <laughs> so to your question uh in regards to therapy kanye west he was on a trajectory with music and putting out the life of Pablo, him and his family. Uh, he was going on tour. And, you know, one day you heard, you know, he was doing these tours. The next day you heard he was in the hospital mm-hmm. because he had a breakdown and he went on Twitter saying it's OK. Then he made a song that says I, you can have a hundred thousand dollar watch. I have a hundred thousand hospital band. How many people can say that? for him checking himself in for mental, for, for, for therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, and from him doing that, I was like, Oh, it's kind of okay to go to therapy because coming from a a, a Caribbean household, that therapy concept is not a common one or at least not an openly accepted one. You hear therapy, you're crazy. You're, you know, there's quotations around if people who can't see me, you know, there's all these negative stigmas about it, especially in the black community. And, you know, seeing him, I'm like, yo, it's okay. And I'm now I'm telling others, like, yo, we need to talk about it. So my friend group, my very tight friend group, we talk about real stuff. And if they're not able to talk about it in there, they come to me and they're like, I know you're open enough where I can sit down and create a world that you accept me in. Mm. Whether it's rough for me in my real world, it's rough for me as a father, it's rough for me. In general, you create a platform for that. And I wouldn't be able to open that if it wasn't for, for Kanye. But if it wasn't for seeing figures that I look up to, to do that.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate you saying that because it's like a role model, right? I mean, it's just like anything. When you see whoever your role model is, step up and make those hard decisions. Unfortunately, Kanye has this <laughs> weird... When he's medicated, he sucks. Like, and and not to be mean on him, I feel like when he's unmedicated, his creativity is the bomb. Yeah. Like, so it's like this weird little battle with, uh,
3: this dichotomous relationship between medication and creativity. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. Like I want to be creative and everyone wants to be creative, but then everyone's like now Kanye, you can't do that. That's not right. And we're like, well, what the hell do you either want
3: the music or you, you know, what do you want? Either you want it all or you want nothing. Pick one.
2: Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's it's interesting, and then his whole jump to faith, like he hasn't been in the news for a while ever since running for uh, president. <laughs> right. I didn't feel so well, but yeah, that was that was a weird a weird thing. But yeah, he he's interesting. Ben Ben wants to wants to say something.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say something that needs to be said that I have really struggled to say, and Brandon. um, I'm going to put the spotlight on you. I need, to, I, I need some insight. Awesome. So background, my wife and I adopted a black daughter wow. and we have been doing everything in our power to honor her blackness and make sure we're getting her hair done the correct yes. way Yes, and make sure that she has mirrors in her life who, who are not just white people like us. I mean, we switched up, pretty much everything we possibly could to be accommodating and welcoming and including of her. Right. But there are still times. And this drives me batty and maybe I'm making it up in my head, but like, for example, by our old house, there was a grocery store and it was frequented primarily by African Americans. Uh, That was just the side of town that it was on. Mm -hmm. And I would go with my daughter. I would be a dead man by the time I walked out of that store because all the eyes and daggers of looking at me like what the hell are you doing like <clears throat> is that your kid or did you kidnap her like yeah, because- i just got so sick and tired of yeah people looking at me like i was like the evil one because i'm this white savior with a black daughter yeah. and i'm like if you only knew what we're doing to try to be the best parents for her like we didn't just pick her cause she's black and we wanted a token black kid in our family. Like, so help me understand how can I get beyond, or how can I react in a loving way? And maybe it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be loving when black people are staring at me as this white honky dude with my black daughter.
3: Mm -hmm. I love, I love where this went. Okay. So for the duration of your fatherhood in this young little black girl's life, you will know what it's like to be black in America. All these random eyes that you never asked for all this judgment. You never thought you were claimed. All you do is walk into a room and now everyone stares at you. All these yep. random, this is now welcome to the world, the world of the minority. And the reason why there's eyes on you in that predominantly black area, instead of going, I'll be a bit more responsible in my take, instead of, you know, making the joke about it. Do you know the Do you know the statistics of how many black women are taking a year?
2: How say that again? Like Cuban
3: you know, trafficking. Of, of, of women that are of, of black women that gone that go missing each year. Do you know how many women go missing each year? Black women specifically, black women and children.
1: I do not know.
3: Around sixty-four thousand a year, and very minimal a minimal amount of that percent ever are found. They said over a dozen a dozen uh, young women missing in Cleveland that was found in a truck in Atlanta. Hmm. So the idea of seeing someone who typically would take African-American girls, you know, just the majority of America, which is white, to see someone with a black girl, you're like, does he look suspicious enough for me to say something? Or does the girl look normal enough that we don't have to be our alarm? I'm sure she's traded those eyes with her. I'm sure someone without you looking is like, are you okay? Without saying a single word to her. It's imperative that you instill within yourself first of what you came here to do, right? You're here to be a father first and foremost. That's it. No one can take that from you. No one will take that from you. If you're going to take this, there's a word I'm going to say. People who hear it the wrong way will think it's the wrong way. The people who take on this, I'm on the podcast, say when you're saying I'm co-host of, if you take Go on the- the word is burden, but it's not in a negative context. It is hell to raise a black kid in America. It is hell to yeah. raise a woman in America. To raise a black woman in America is a very difficult task to take on. Yeah. And you should have taken on a task that you cannot refund. Nope. So it just <laughs> so happened. It just so happens that, you know, you're gonna have to show her the movies of her culture. That wouldn't mm-hmm. be adverse to you. So there's a movie coming out called uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's the it's the creation of WIC or food stamps, which came from the Black Panther Organization, which uh, in, I guess, Grand America was viewed as this extremist group, but allowed for the Black families to eat. That's very imperative to her to grow. Showing her a movie like that is imperative, showing like having her... Like it's Black History Month. Every day she should be getting Black History Facts. Throughout oh, yeah. the year, she should be getting Black History Facts because she should know who she is. And eventually, it's maybe just my perspective, she's going to see the world a bit more candidly than you are. So you can be a little more direct. As she gets older, that interaction may become difficult or even dissonant at times because she'll say, Who am I? Who are you? There's something disconnecting here. I don't know where to reach, where to. Allocate my emotion and you need to be that figure father figure first and foremost say i'm here to guide you in this world we'll do it together because i know what it's like not from your eyes but from my eyes through you i understand the difficulties of what it is to do this in america so you have to first and foremost accept the father role number one and two accept that she's your daughter and everything else should just fall into place
2: Drop the mic, boom.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know we kind of sidetracked from from mental health, but I I really appreciate breaking that bringing that up. One other thing I want to bring up because <laughs> like, say what we need to say. So I said like a black man, but then you said African American. Like Ben and I have talked, and I'm asking, you know, I'm talking to Ben who's white, and I'm just like, why? What is the correct term? Like I feel like some people are like, no, I'm not from Africa, yo, I'm an American. And I'm like, yeah, no shit.
3: Right. So, you know, and Zach pointed this out, one of the podcasts we're going to drop later, you know, there's mm-hmm. things. the Polish American, you just look like the majority. You're just American. You're just white. Naturally, or at least in America, we, ex- we it's easier to allow our worlds to be compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. So to see someone that literally doesn't share the same pigment as us, they have to be some form of black. And the idea of that became was a lot of people who everyone would say would see would claim them to be African-American, that was African-American. Maybe from, you know, Ghana, Africa, Jamaica, Haiti. Yeah. You come here, you're black. You know, the the word African-American came from Jesse Jackson. I think it was in a news conference um in 1988, and he coined the term African-American. And from there, it was used to easily compartmentalize a group of people rather than calling them, you know, Afro-Americans which was a term back in the 60s. Yeah. Negroes. was a decade before that. So, you know, you can either use Black Americans, African Americans. I-, I switch in and out. I wouldn't pay too much mind.
2: But Yeah, I just heard you when I said it, and then you said African American. I wanted to be respectful of that. And honestly, I wouldn't even brought it up if we weren't talking about as a Black man in America with mental health. I yeah. wouldn't even right, have said right, it.
3: Right, right, right. right. So- I mean, Grant, and you're right. What's odd is that whether you use Black American or African American, that is the same issue. You know what I mean? So yeah. this level of communication about emotion is – I would say it's absent. I'll go on. I'll, it's not very minimally there. Mm, yeah. At least being passed down. Zach, I feel like we we kicked you out here. <laughs> Your internet
2: sucks, bro. We're out. No, up. I
0: know. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know what's been up with it, but no, I I appreciate you being willing to share everything you are on here, though. Like you know, especially. You know, Ben being being willing to talk about stuff that you're that you're typically not talking about outside of here, you know, and admittedly, I don't have as much perspective to offer on what it's like being a black man in America. <laughs> so so, really? I <laughs> so I don't mind so I don't mind sitting that part out now for sure. But um I, I kind of wanted to bring it back to you guys were talking about therapy earlier on. And I I think that it's interesting because it's kind of a dual stigma, I guess, on on the man that goes to therapy, because there's the stigma of mental health itself, which is just the, you know, feeling like something is wrong with me that I'm broken that I have, you know, whatever. And I think that at least from my anecdotal experiences, talking to friends, family, and so on, I feel like that's both Male and females experience that. But then you have the stigma of being the man, right? And having to be strong and having to be able to control those emotions a little bit better. One thing that that me and Brandon were talking about a little bit before the episode was this, this idea of controlling your emotions, right? Controlling mm-hmm. your emotions and and being able to temper your emotions at different times, things like that objectively speaking, there are times where that's beneficial, right? And there are times where when you are in danger or when you are under, you know, whatever it may be, there are times where that's helpful. So how much of that do you think is Sex non-specific, and how much of that do you think is about "quote unquote" being a man? On a, on a different episode, we were talking with another podcaster about what it means to be a man, and you know what it means to 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 be a father, and we kept bringing up this idea of kind of caring for and and protecting your loved ones and things like that. But yeah, I mean, on, on that whole topic of of controlling your emotions and and tempering them and and being able to do that at times how much of that do you think is part of quote unquote being a man or do you think that's not part of it
1: i think there's a a pressure that's put on men um and i think it may have its roots in coming from other people but i've heard the quote that men are like waffles Mm -hmm. like they have the ability to compartmentalize things (laughs) into different categories very much like what you're saying And women are more like a pancake. Like they're just, you pour syrup on it and it goes everywhere on the, on the pancake. Whereas men, you can put it in like half of the little boxes. So there's like this understanding and I don't know if it's an accurate understanding, but there's just this idea in our culture that men are just supposed to be able to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And I think that's getting at what you're saying, Zach. And frankly, I think it's bullshit and maybe i say that as a person who really struggles to compartmentalize like if i'm feeling a certain way i'm going to express it that way now will i temper it sure but sometimes you can't sometimes if you've been told your whole life and i'm speaking from experience here you've been told your whole life to just bottle it up keep it in sweep that dirt under the rug don't cover it up or don't no, don't don't give don't get into it just cover it up I like to say that in my family, I was taught to just sweep things under the rug. Well, now that rug is like a mountain. There's yeah. just so much mm-hmm. underneath it. Right. So I think that it's a both and. I don't think it's, you know, just compartmentalize or don't. I think it's it's both. I think it's healthy to feel your feelings, but maybe save it, save the the super deep experience of it for later but don't just put it off completely. Don't just sweep it under the rug and forget that it's there. Like Mm -hmm. set it aside mentally saying, Ooh, wow. I just had a real big rush of emotion and I'm feeling really sad right now, but I'm at work. I've got to get through this day and do the things I need to do. So what I do is I just write it down. I've got a planner and a journal that I've been super disciplined with and I write it down And I pause it and I come back to it. And I think, yes, you can temper your responses. And yeah, maybe it's not appropriate for you to be sitting at your computer at work and just bawling your eyes out about something, but save it for later. Don't just ignore it because it's not going to just go away. It's like a beach ball. You can only push it underwater and keep it there for so long. Mm -hmm. Eventually that thing's going to pop up above the water and you're just going to have to deal with it. So yeah, sure. Men can can. Wow, it's such a rough word to put with can in front of it. Can (laughs) compartmentalize. Yes, we can. And yeah, that might be ingrained in us. But I think a lot of times we use that as an excuse for never really dealing with things. We just say we're going to set it aside and we never get back to it. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I mean, it's the it's the difference between right emotional control and emotional suppression, right, where you're either able to control when you are able to then express it when it's most appropriate, right? Or do you just not, do you just not, not express it, bottle it up, throw it under the rug? There was a, there was a story, I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something about how to like slaying your dragons or, or something like that. It was based on there was No, this old, I know
2: what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it was an old kid's book that they talked about. This little kid had a dragon and it, it followed him around. And he was like, mommy, mommy, look, there's a dragon. The mom would say dragons aren't real. And it kept growing to, you know, presumably get attention, right? And he kept tra- saying, and then his his parents would say, no, dragons aren't real. And it would grow and grow and grow until it was like filled the entire house. And then, you know, etc. But the, the moral of the story, I guess, was that, that as you ignore these problems, they're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and cause other problems down the line. And I think emotions and emotional, I guess, expression is definitely one instance where that's a thing, right? You know, it's definitely more broad than that, but... If you just keep bottling it up, it's just going to keep getting worse
2: for sure. So, digressing a little bit, what do you, mm-hmm. what are your guys' opinion on therapy? Not knowing you guys from from Adam, literally, we've emailed and but in the last thirty minutes or whatever we've been chatting or whatever it's been. Um, what are you guys' opinion on that? As far as like where are you, where are you in your life? Uh, do you need therapy? Is it important to you, or is it horseshit?
3: I would say, I'm gonna give two answers for that. For the self, for the man myself, I know I need therapy. I know therapy, I know I'm a man of science. I come from a a scientific background. Therapy is necessary on my end for the things that I've went through. And I've heard many takes on this and this take I agree with. Because of what we are conditioned to see and go through objectively in America, I would say every black man needs therapy in America. Just because seeing someone Seeing someone that looks like you die or be handcuffed every single day on the news since you were born doesn't do good for you. And you do that to any rat, dog, kitten, and it will act erratically when poised in situations like that. And then there's a camera and then they're dead. Hashtag for two weeks and then we move on. I think wow. there's a necessary... And I think Charlemagne, I don't know I don't know his full name, but Charlemagne, um, the guy, he's on um, The Breakfast Club. He has a best-selling novel on the New York Times. He's g- gathering up a hundred and hundred million dollars to try to get 10 million people, 10 million black people uh therapy within the next uh 10 years. Wow. He's trying to get people to do that because it is a ne- is necessary. You cannot be a father in an impoverished area with no job. You see drugs industry, you're trying to raise a 15 year old trying to com- that's not if you're not good here, you're not gonna be good anywhere.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: yeah.
0: I'll kind of echo the sentiment I'd say even more than just black people in America, right? Just poor people in general, because you see the same thing in like, you know, poor white communities and in Hillbilly Elegy, right? They talked about it a lot. Basically, this concept of mental health is not talked about in general, right? And so anyone, regardless, poor, rich, you know, white, black, like anyone who's having these issues with mental health, there's this this feeling that there's something wrong with you and, and getting help for it is weakness whereas like if you break your arm right like if you go to get a splint then you're not as much of a pussy as you are if you get antidepressants or if you go to therapy at least you know the the societal perception is personally I've, i've gone to therapy in the past right i i know that it isn't bullshit right i know it definitely does help uh for a lot of people especially when you do combine it with other treatments and things like that. I for for me personally, I had a bit of a hard time sometimes going to therapy because I knew I was a neuroscience and psychology major in undergrad and so I kind of knew what they were going to do or say. Like when I would go there with depression issues, I'm like, "All right, yeah, I know we're going to do cognitive behavioral therapy. I know that's probably what what you're planning on doing." Like I I get it. Like it, it's just it's harder to I don't know, accept the treatment so when you understand. God. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't want to say that I, I get am it. it in any means because I'm not against it. But that said, I I think I would agree. I probably could use it still and I'm not currently in it. And, mm-hmm. and it's not like sure. it would be super expensive for me. So, you know, I have mixed feelings on it, right? I, I think that it's definitely oh. good, but, you know, personally, I'm not doing it. So I'm kind of a hypocrite a little bit with sure. it.
3: I'm gonna, no, no. One, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump in one second.
1: Okay, everybody <laughs> wants to talk.
3: <laughs> Zach, I'm gonna save you, but you gotta promise me not to take this out. Okay, sure. Save so, me? What do I need saving for? I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so I was talking about black people, and then you said, well, you know, poor people in general. That may sound like the black people I'm talking about would be poor, and then you were generalizing to all of the poor people in America.
0: Oh, okay. Not well, I appreciate the save, but, but no, it wasn't. The
3: no, they'll, they'll shut this shit down. Yeah. they shut this whole <laughs> shit canceled.
0: down. <laughs> I'll be canceled <laughs> real quick. Yeah, no, I just mean that it's, in general, poor people, that's another demographic that has a more right. substantial mental health burden. right? Like If you look at right. poor white or poor black communities – you know, it's another thing now. I mean, sure. When you tack that onto the issues that you were talking about with being in the black community, even if you are not poor, or if you are, then you have double, you know, the poor community issues and the black community issues, but no, I I appreciate the save. No, I don't need to be canceled. Yeah. You're you're
3: good. Everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else go.
1: (laughs) So my follow-up to that, to Zach uh, before the save and Brandon, I appreciate your saves and, I just love the fact that you're not afraid to say what needs to be said. So I'll just throw that in there. Right I love back. how Ben's like dropping your podcast name, like three ah, or times. Oh there we go. Like <laughs> this boy
2: is a professional, yo. Like He <laughs> knows what he's
1: doing. Yes. Yeah, no. Um, so you mentioned the three letters, CBT, Zach, yeah. and those make me cringe because I, Went to therapy and thought that was the end all be all of therapy because that's mm-hmm. the only modality that my therapists, multiple that I went to, that's all they did was mm-hmm. CBT. Yeah, it's and it's favorite. because insurance companies love it because it's short. You yeah. go for six or seven sessions, and then at the end, they've gone through their CBT process and they give you a hug and say, You're good. And <laughs> I wasn't good. I felt like you just helped me function and show up in the world more confidently. But we didn't talk about half the shit that's under the surface. My encouragement to you would be find a therapist, but don't go to a CBT therapist because they're just going to push you through. You're just a number to them. They do this with so many clients. For me, I had to get real awkward. I'm seeing a a psychotherapist, which is basically... Mm -hmm um, a student of Freud. I mean, we talk about the unconscious. We talk about what comes top of mind in the moment. And I don't have a clue like when we start the session where we're going to end up, Mm -hmm. but he guides the conversation in such a way that the things that are hidden in that unconscious part of me naturally come to the surface And I'm just amazed at the end of our session at all the different things that came up that I didn't even know were there versus a CBT method where the therapist does a lot of the talking and gives you the tools and you talk about how you're going to change the way you think and not be depressed, but you haven't even touched what's below the unconscious surface. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement would be, be brave enough to go there and you'll be amazed amazed at the transformation that can come if you commit to dealing with your unconscious self as weird as that may sound Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah no there's definitely a lot of stuff out there that is much more helpful than than cbt um and i know that you know my my more recent therapist didn't do that and so it was much more helpful i guess i'll say um i've also found like that there's a lot of stuff that As long as you have the discipline, not motivation, but the discipline to do it, which is hard if it's something like depression, right? But there's a lot of stuff that, you know, that at home, right? Doing stuff like mindfulness, I've found helps too, you know, and it's something that things that you can do on your own, if you can muster it, I've found do help, you know, with those lingering societal pressures, I guess, not to get help or not to... therapy and things like that so i i think that there's depending on who you are right there's a balance to be struck not everyone can just jump right into therapy so i mean i guess just for i mean for anyone listening that is struggling with this kind of stuff like i'm advocating for therapy right it does help a lot of people but not if you can't do it comfortably you know on any level yes. right sometimes you have to jump into it a little slower and and work your way up to talking to a complete stranger about your your most personal shit right
2: well i i appreciate you bringing up the meditation and stuff but one of the big things i think therapy is for lazy people i'm just going to say it because yeah meditation when i did do it like two or three weeks it really did help me but it's so hard to stay disciplined on mm-hmm. that so I often feel like a disciplined person probably doesn't
3: need therapy. Uh, I mean, you, okay. Explain. Cause that's a very unique take. I never heard that. Well, I mean,
2: if you're disciplined, I guess I shouldn't say that because if you're, di- <laughs> you can still be disciplined and depressed, I guess. Yes. So I guess my, my point is, is like, yes, like exercise, meditation, mm-hmm. eight hours of sleep, drinking and eating pr- appropriately, all those affect your mental health. Right. But None of us do that right. I mean, we may do one thing right, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm jumping jumping ship here, but Ben's looking at me like with crazy eyes (laughs) that I think therapy is for a lazy person, but not that that's a bad thing. I think it's a good tool. I think more people are more likely to go to therapy and maybe not, I don't know, than trying to do that other stuff.
1: I just think that uh, putting the word lazy brings up a lot of judgment. Yeah, that's a bad term. But I hear what you're saying.
3: Right. And and I even, I'll even allow the term to live if I can get more out of you from that. So you said laziness is for, would you say that you'd rather someone be lazy than someone not address it? Because then there's to, to the person to physically go to therapy versus the person that doesn't, what would make the person that doesn't go?
2: Yeah, I know. I I I, no, no, I no, no, walked no, no, into a corner.
3: <laughs> I, I'll stand with you if you can take me. If you could take me there. I mean, it's not.
2: I don't know. I just look at America as a whole. As we're all just. I always just feel that we're all looking for the quick fix, and I feel like meditation is like super hard. Like that's not a quick fix. Exercise is super hard. That's not a quick fix. All those things are harder than me sitting down. Now, granted, I'm super comfortable in therapy, and I know Zach brought up how it's like maybe weird that he Mm -hmm. telling a complete stranger for me i don't mind telling the complete stranger my story so maybe that's why i'm looking at it from that perspective
0: so i think i i'll jump in and save you a little bit i i think i agree in 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 principle with what you're saying i don't know if i i I think that you know maybe having chosen a different word ben might have been a little more comfortable with it but like look these these various mental disorders that we're talking about, depression, especially, but you know, anxiety, these other things, a lot of these symptoms, th- these are, you know, again, just like physical problems, physical illnesses, um, there is a root to it, right? A lot of these things come with neurotransmitter imbalances and and actual physiological problems, right? And so the, the problem is the things that those affect are things like the motivation and hope Mm -hmm. and worth and things like that. So I, I don't know if I would jump quite too lazy, but I would say sluggish or, 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 you know, kind of just dejected or, you know, people who aren't, maybe not, they don't have the motivation whether or not they have discipline, I think is a different thing. I think if they have discipline, but no motivation, they will probably get in there for that first therapy session or that first drug or that first, you know, whatever. And then once you kind of get over that yeah. hump, then you can get to the point where, okay, now I can manage to, I have the motivation and the, the hope left to go home and meditate on my own because it feels like it, there's actually something to work towards, et cetera, et cetera. So I think I, in principle, I agree with you. If you are disciplined, ultimately you will be much more likely to not need therapy at the end of the day because you'll be able to- Unless you have
2: like a really bad uh, chemical imbalance. I mean, when we talk about like anxiety and some like light depression, I feel like- those aren't really chemical. I mean, it's hard to tell, right? The brain's mm-hmm. like super advanced. Like, I don't think we'll ever figure it out. But I think with a chemical thing, I think, you know, that makes it a little bit different, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I, I get what you were saying, right? It's, I don't think you're inherently wrong. Like I said, right? If you, if you aren't disciplined, then therapy's probably not, whether or not you need it, it's not really going to work for you because you need a little bit of discipline For things like that, because you have to go again, right? You have to sit through a potentially agonizing conversation with this person who, at least if you're in my boat, right, you fucking hate sharing every one of these details with them. And every time, every minute, you know, you're more and more uncomfortable. It does take, it either takes a lot of motivation or some discipline for you to then go back and then eventually to Mm -hmm. be
2: able to wean yourself off of it. I'm glad I said lazy on this show and not mine.
3: (laughs) Well, 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 I think I think I now can I can walk. I can walk your path, Jason, with the the lazy perspective. Maybe a tightrope. Ben Ben is like, what in the hell did I just walk back from one (laughs) urine break? And now he is on the side of the J. Okay, so all the different factions you said that can aid in mental health. Americans as a whole don't take it seriously, if not one, two, or three of those, they do moderately, not to the point where you can make what Zach was talking about, these chemical, you know, these, you know, these chemical adjustments to bring you out of whatever state, you know, name a state, you know? Yeah. Um, Yes. For therapy, therapy can be one of those states. So say, for instance, a lot of individuals who are overweight have things that need to be discussed, you know, in regards to therapy and whatnot. Zach and I took more than enough psychology classes in BW in our in our college. We went to college together. Yeah. He was the neuropsychologist, neurobio. From the and I lost my train of thought, but from the from in regards to the laziness, it's just another aspect of you trying and then being subpar at working out, trying and then being subpar at. Yeah. Taking your vitamins, trying and being subpar at. You could say that it's it's another lazy attempt, but it's not lazy, apparently, yeah, lazy in in post, you know you yeah. know you, you oh I got a membership, I'm working out, things didn't work out, you know my ankle hurt, I had work. you don't think of you being lazy there's things there's objective things that are inhibiting you, and then looking back at you' like, "Oh, I was being lazy." Yeah, you're taking that way, way post perspective because it's helped you so much because you found it to devote yourself that it looks like a a person who exercises all the time can look at someone who doesn't work out, who look look at someone that's obese and say, you're lazy. Yeah, you may continue to attempt, but you know what it's like to really commit. It's the commitment aspect that you're viewing as laziness. I can go with you on that
2: one. I think a lot of it in my head is I, I have a big work ethic when it comes to everything in my life. So I use that term loosely and it's probably offensive uh, to use it that way. But I always am. I try not to be that person, not to be lazy, always trying to get my work done. So, man, I'm again, I'm glad I said that on this show and not <laughs> to, like That's what we're here for. you saved my ass, but like Ben would have let me burn like a mother. <laughs>
0: No, that's, what we're here, that that's what we're here for that's the platform right but no Love you know it.
1: yeah you're, so yeah um jumping back after my potty break um i heard mm. chemical imbalances as i was coming down the stairs <laughs> yeah. did you guys already talk about antidepressants is am i late to the discussion no this? no i no, think we're just our talking
3: eyes.
2: yeah we were just talking about you know there's a difference between maybe someone that has some anxiety that they don't really have a chemical imbalance maybe but that it's super important to to treat those that actually have Mm -hmm. the chemical imbalance i think that's what we were talking about
1: okay because i have a piece to say about that too my piece is ssri's they have their place antidepressant Mm -hmm. medications Uh, but i think for too many people going back to this laziness idea i see it as laziness and, and what i mean is People pop the pills because they're not willing to dive in and Ooh. get real, real deep about whatever's causing them to feel that way. So for That's a hot hot time.
3: Hot. That's definitely a hot take. Oh wow.
0: wow. No, but <laughs> but roll with it. Cause I think I agree with you on, on again in, in principle a little
1: bit, but
0: I yeah, want to yeah. jump in after you're after you're done. So, so
1: let me unpack that because it's a pretty brash statement. I say that out of personal experience. And here's what I mean. I was so I'm an introvert. I struggle with anxiety. And I went through about a 10 year span in my life where I was depressed, like Mm -hmm. straight up depressed. And I do have family history genetically. It's in my genes. I'm predisposed to be anxious and depressed. Both my parents and my brothers have all been on various medications. It's just a thing in our family history. So my my statements about SSRIs and antidepressants is rooted in my own experience. And so I have a very narrow view on that. I'm not seeing it from any other vantage point than what I have experience with. And I know my experience isn't everybody's experience. So I'm not trying to make a blanket statement that applies to everybody. But from my vantage point, I've seen my my mom and my brothers, and I hope they never listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you're. I'm sharing man. this with your mom. <laughs> I'm saying
3: what I haven't said. And there it is. Not every time someone says it, we gotta I have We gotta find a drinking. sound for it. Every time someone says it, that
1: was amazing.
3: So, man, like,
1: I see my own family, my flesh and blood, struggle with this stuff. And never go to therapy and talk Mm. about it. And it just, it, it hurts because I know how hard it is to find a good therapist. And I know it's not easy to talk about this stuff, but I actually came off of the antidepressants because therapy was treating that chemical imbalance or whatever. Like my brain was being rewired by this effective approach to therapy. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. And I feel like the antidepressants were needed because I had a function in the meantime, right? I can't just check out and say I'm depressed and go on disability or something like that's not realistic. So I had to fight through the depression and the best way I could for that time of my life was the medication. But then fast forward as therapy is being effective and things are moving and shaking I got to a point where I was talking with my therapist and I said, I feel like my antidepressant is just dumbing everything down. I can't tell you the last time I felt joy. I don't feel happy. I just feel numb and blah. And it's because this antidepressant, that's what it does. It just kind of neutralizes everything. So yeah, the depression's gone, but so is the joy. And I'm like, I don't I'm." what what's going on and so we started weaning off of the antidepressant and it was such a hard thing to get off of like my brain had come to depend on that stream of whatever's in those things (laughs) and uh i don't know if you've heard the term brain zaps but like i would have times where coming off that medicine like if i funny story i tried quitting cold turkey (laughs) don't ever do that that's brutal but i tried and like i would be driving or walking or at work and i would just have like a like a literally a zap in my brain because things were not firing the right way because i was taking myself off of this this pill too quickly so all that to say I don't have a problem with SSRIs and antidepressants, but my fear and concern is it's being used too much. And instantly. would you happen to say the lazy way per se? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's what it boils down to. I feel like they're overused. You got
3: everybody on your side.
1: <laughs> I feel like they're overused and they have a place. Absolutely. Like you've got to be able to get from, Got to get over that bridge of being depressed and not caring to being depressed, but okay, I see that I can work on this. And sometimes that bridge is antidepressants, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, I think I I really like that that last point you were making. I think w- we were talking about while you were gone was the fact that sometimes therapy kind of serves as that 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 push, right? That you need to then be able to do some of the stuff that you can do at home, right? Maybe work out or meditate or do what have you. I think now this is person to person, it's gonna change, I'll speak only for myself, but for me, with how I'm incredibly introverted, incredibly like, I guess, logic over emotion, like all of the, like, out of all of the the Myers-Briggs, I am basically the most calculated, logical, cold person, apparently, <laughs> that exists on all awesome. of the bullshit scales so for me, it was almost the opposite. It was the the drug was the entry into therapy, which then was the entry into self-management. So I think that it kind of just depends on what your exact chemical imbalance is, right? Like if you've got too much this is i this is going to be extremely unscientific so any of my scientist friends listening just forgive me <laughs> for any inconsistencies or or whatever well, but, I'm listening, yeah i know right <laughs> but like if you've got a little more depression and a little less and a little less anxiety right maybe something that like you said makes you feel more numb and and unfeeling isn't the best option, right? If it it makes you feel that way. But for me, right, when mine, I struggled when I was younger with more so anxiety, my anxiety was really bad. And my depression was, yeah, when my anxiety got super, super bad, sometimes the depression would get worse. But it was mostly the anxiety. So for me, it was wonderful being able to numb everything, because it was just, you know, so much going on in my brain at, at one time, right? And so I think that, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where I fall on whether or not, because look, let's be honest, they don't work for a lot of people. It's something yeah. like 50 to 60%, maybe at at the, at the high point that it may work for. Um, and then, you know, a lot of other people, it just doesn't. So I, I think that even, even the placebo effect of it, though, hmm. there's, there's something there that, for some people it can be enough to be like okay fine i'm doing something and yeah i guess i feel a little better and okay fine i'll try therapy i'll try you know what i guess i'll kind of turn it back to you guys and see what you think what what are your thoughts on liquid courage on on having a drink or having a drink or two before the big the big you know the big event, the big thing that is stressing you out, you know, asking that girl out in, high, in school or, you know, whatever that that stressful thing was. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on using it or doing it? Or do you think it's a thing or that that actually helps? So
1: by liquid courage, you mean, I'm assuming an alcoholic beverage or? Yeah. Come on, sheltered Ben. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) This is, this is our theme, sheltered Ben.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to break down these, these terms because I do come from a very fundamentalist conservative background. So let me, let me take this one. Let me take this
2: one. (laughs) So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that I've struggled to talk about on threads is my, my marijuana use okay um i am a cpl holder and in the state of michigan you can't have your med card and have a cpl which is right. a carry a care weapons permit yeah i'm in michigan um, too so i i got you oh are you okay yeah. so that was always weird right like i had my cpl but i also have chronic pain and anxiety and i know marijuana or cannabis or whatever you want to call it is good for that i never used it as younger i i always looked at cannabis as to help. And recently with it being legal, it's been so great, right? Cause I can go get it and it's awesome. So bringing it back to the liquid courage, I use it for anxiety. Like I, I hit it a couple times in the morning uh, when I get home and it, and it, and I don't get high from it at all. It's, it's just, I don't know what it is. I I'm really struggling with it because I want somebody to explain to me why I'm not getting high. Oh. I'm not looking, And I'm not looking to get high. I'm and it's working. Like it reduces my pain a little bit. I have chronic pain, and then it reduces my anxiety. So that being said, I think it's great. But I don't think having a drink is great because I think. I mean, I'm having a drink right now, but I mean, (laughs) to using it as a like liquid courage because I I mean, alcohol is horrible for you. Um, um, there's no positive thing in alcohol for your body at all. Um, so I don't know what you want to do with that.
3: I I was going to
1: say that if liquid courage. I guess for me, I didn't have my first sip of alcohol till I was 21. And then I immediately threw up. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was a wine cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Bartles and James. (laughs) I don't know. But where I'm going with that is for me, I don't find myself looking to alcohol as like the, the courage. It's more the, the celebration. Like, Mm. I love a good glass of bourbon at the end of a really good day. Like it's a um, like, damn, that was a good day. Let's have a drink. So it's almost reversed for me. I don't drink to have the courage. I drink because I want to celebrate something.
3: What's your, what's your, what you've, I guess, personally experienced is something called in, in Denver they do with mushrooms is like marijuana microdosing. Ah. dosing. Don't do it for the, hallucinogenic or the high or the low of it your body is perceiving aspects of it that zach can give the proper receptors for that allows a just a slightly attenuated sedative level to allow you to commute throughout your day uh but the liquid cars thing to answer zach i think and i'm going to say this candidly it's cute but it's a recipe for an imposing disaster yes mm-hmm
0: right and so okay so i'll make my point real quick about the liquid courage but then I'll, I'll give my take real quick on the on the the weed talk but so i guess my point with it is that in that single use instance or that 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 kick off your ass to to get started to to get moving it's not an issue but like you said brandon it's it's a recipe for disaster if you become dependent on it then it's an issue and so yeah. that's how i see the medications for for depression anxiety things like that i don't I don't personally want to be on one my whole life. Now I don't know how much of that is the stigma, but you know, I don't want to feel like I need it to to get by. But I think that, you know, using it as that that kick to to get started similar to liquid courage or taking a shot before, you know, before doing something as long as you don't grow dependent on it you know i think that's why it's helpful to a lot of people on to the cannabis point i i won't get too detailed because i don't remember a lot of it and it was my psych oh. thesis forever but i will say at the very least um if it's cbd heavy so there's a couple there's different cannabinoids right and so there's cbd yep. and thc thc is much more um Associated with the psychoactive components, right? The the quote unquote high of it, and so if it's CBD heavy, which is what you see in a lot of the medicinal stuff now, right? That was what got famous early on with Charlotte's Web for epilepsy and and some other stuff. That it's it's more um, CBD heavy, so that could be it too. That it could just be that you know whatever you've got is more CBD heavy, less THC heavy, and so it's good for you for that. But but yeah, I mean, you know. I I think to just to round out the the conversation about it, right? It's definitely okay for, you know, men, women, whoever to get therapy, to get, you know, drugs or whatever. But I think we've all kind of touched on it at some point. It is also important to be able to then take some ownership for your own health and mental health afterwards, right? Even if you do need some help at the beginning, right? To have some discipline to try meditation and working out, to, you know, have be able to not be super dependent on on the drugs or, or what have you. Now, I, obviously I, I don't want to say that this is all encompassing. You know, there are obviously some bad no. cases that, you know, that may necessitate more more treatment than than the average case that, you know, maybe we're talking about. But I think all in all, this was, this is a really good conversation. And it's one that isn't had enough. You know, like you said, men showing emotion in general, men going to therapy, doing all these things. I think it's, it's definitely a great topic. It's one that I'm, I'm happy that we got to cover. I don't want to leave you guys on on that. So the, the last things that we typically do with our interviews is we'll give Two, two opportunities. The first of which is to just give any plugs that you want. So if you want to plug your podcast or things that you have going on, feel free. But then last, we give um, our interviewees a chance to say what needs saying one last time. And so if we missed something, if you think that there's something that we didn't go into detail enough on or, or something completely unrelated that you were hoping to get to but that we didn't get to and you want to touch on really quick before we leave off i figured i'd turn it over to you guys you guys can decide who gets to go first and who gets to anchor but but yeah let us know any plugs you've got or whatever you
1: think needs saying i'll do a quick plug for our show uh jason and i are with the threads podcast life unfiltered we are a show all about uh, three main content areas Uh, Obviously, one of those is mental health. We have conversations like we had on your show today quite often. uh, We are also people of faith, and uh, the the Christian faith tends to come up in conversation as well as I think we've had a couple of conversations about other religions or just spirituality in general, Uh, but we want to create a space where it's okay to talk about faith, where it's okay to talk about mental health. And lastly, we have a third content bucket that we try to fill, and that is having uncomfortable conversations. And uh, that's very much in line with what you guys are doing here on the Say What Needs Saying podcast. Um, So we're very uh, kindred spirits in that regard. So uh, you can check our show out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from, you can probably find us. Uh, the trick to find our show is to search for threads podcast life unfiltered there is an older podcast that's not even in production anymore they pod faded away so just to avoid any confusion search for threads podcast life unfiltered you can go to our website at threadspodcast.com and you can send us an email at hello at dot com. yeah we're currently um getting a trademark because
2: there's a couple of people that have started podcasts nice. with our name and we're in the process of letting them know that they need to stop it. So even starting it w- with our name and uh, not the life unfiltered, but threads podcast and doing some of the same stuff. Like,
1: yeah, it's weird. It's like very faith based str- podcast. Super strange. Threads.
2: I guess we should take it as a compliment. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, is there something that you want to say that yeah. we
1: didn't touch on? No, I think this just kind of sums up who I am and, and what I'm about. And, and that is to whoever's listening, I have no idea who you are, but you're known to somebody and you're not alone in this world. And in a world where on social media um, you can feel alone, and in a world where people are isolating more and more, and hello, in a wor- world where there's a pandemic going on and people are hiding away, it can. Be easy to feel like you're forgotten or that you're overlooked. And if I could say one last thing that just needs to be said, it's that you're not alone. There are people who see you. There are people who care about you and you're needed. So if you're going through something, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and let them know uh, because life's too short to try to figure this out on your own. Well, good job. You took the, I am needed. I
2: use my damn signs in my front yard and you <laughs> suck because you said I, the alone one. So we, we interviewed somebody that's called, and she has a company called signs of kindness and she tries to get through all the States. And it says, you know, I'm not alone. I am, you are, or you are not alone. You are needed a bunch of other ones, but damn it, you brought up that the, <laughs> you are needed. But anyways, that, I, you know, I want to reiterate what Ben said and, 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 you are needed and you are important. And if you know somebody that's struggling with that, you know, reach out to them and, and say, Hey, you are important. You, you are alone. I am here to help. And I'm sure Brandon and Zach would be available for y'all to email them as well. And you can always email us too. So I appreciate guys, the opportunity to come on. This was fun. Um, I'd like seeing Ben come out of the shell a little bit more. I could see his, hear his passion and his voice. And uh, it was a good opportunity to say what needs to be said.
3: One last point before we, we usually, I wouldn't even say anything. Zach would have tied it together. I think three points. One, this isn't a plug, but better help is out there. Better help. We're going to email you and see if you like this episode, but a Um, Ben, that call to action that you said at the end, once you say that to your daughter mm. and I'll leave it good. there.
2: That was awesome. amazing.
3: Thank you. Mm. And oh, wait, the last one. Check out our episode that starts off with Reds. It's, it's our season two, episode one from fatherless to a father. I feel like it, it's, in, it's imperative if you do anything, I, if, I, if you do anything I ask now, 10 years from now, check out that episode. It's imperative you do.
0: Absolutely. Will do. No awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for opening up for to both of you um, and for saying what needs saying. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating.
3: Also, you can follow us on Twitter at SayWhatNeeds and on Instagram and Facebook at Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks.